Support the podcast by buying a copy of this book, Mind of Mercosine, at Amazon, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, and pretty much anywhere ebooks are sold. It's also available in paperback. You can email me at podcast at ericedstrom.com. Chapter 15 The Fifth Enlightened The citadel of Her Enlightened Majesty was a single massive structure set upon the slopes of the Honor Mountains. But once inside, a visitor discovered it to be a compound of separate buildings inside a thick protective curtain wall. All were fortified with parapets, portcullises, and archer windows. All were dwarfed by the royal residence and tower. The Hargus saw none of this, for he was blind. The steward who escorted his sedan chair kept up a running narrative of what was around them. The Hargath tuned him out. He rested upon the Mercosine, feeling for the presence of the most powerful person in the divided city. Her enlightened was purported to have more Mercus power than all Don't's masters combined. The Hargath doubted this, for he had never once felt her presence. He supposed she might have Marlowe's trick of masking herself, but even so, why had she not flared upon the Mercosine even once? Now, she must be very weak, perhaps devoid of the power entirely. Her title had been inherited, so the Hargath supposed she was not enlightened at all, but merely a woman. Still, she possessed actual physical power through her command of armies, the watch, and her fell guard. To her, the highest, the voluptuary, and the coin were subjects to be ordered about the same as she would order a maid to empty her chamber pot. I'm afraid your chair can go no further, Seer Hargath, the steward said. He smelled soapy, but also nervous. The Hargath grazed the man's mind with calm. The man continued softly, I've sent ahead for a smaller conveyance. Palace servants will carry you the rest of the way to her audience chamber. The Hargath felt his attendants stiffen. He waved them to silence and ease. That will be well. The new conveyance was a smaller chair. The Hargath found it rather uncomfortable, as it was not sufficiently padded. He did not complain. He resumed his meditations upon the Mercosine as he was carried into the palace. The air turned warm, and the sounds of stamping atlans and marching patrols faded to stillness. The air was spiced of cinnamon and apples. It reminded him of his youth on the farm. Not particularly good memories, but his father's short temper and heavy hand had shaped him and Marlowe into the men they were. Father had died, knowing his own son was sending waves of terror into his brain until his heart gave out. A satisfying day that had been. And here we are, Sir Hargath, the steward said. We will withdraw. His chair was set down, and the sounds of feet and robes swishing faded to his left. A door shut with a soft clunk. The Hargath felt the room with his senses. Large, muffled by tapestries and carpets, he imagined, Two guards remained, standing utterly still except for the breath passing through their nostrils. Fell guards, certainly. He had seen them before he'd put out his eyes. More imposing warriors were not to be found, dressed as they were in burnished gold breastplate, scarlet capes, 
and atlan-plumed helms. A single man of the fell guard was said to be worth a hundred of the watch. I imagined you to be much older, the woman's voice startled him. Either she had come in silently, or she had been here all along. Either way, he couldn't suppress the unsettled feeling that moved across his skin. Had she been studying him even as he had been studying the room? There wasn't the slightest murkus spark in her. She was void of the power, or she was masked. I am nearly seventy, your enlightened majesty, he said, practically a fledgling. Forgive me for not making the proper obeisance. I am quite unable to stand. She laughed melodically. He knew well how he must appear, an emaciated corpse of a man. Surely he looked two hundred years old, if a day. Have you come bearing new prophecy, Sir Hoggeth? Yes. I have seen the threat of danger over the citadel. It comes in form of a raven. Silence. No, not total silence. A slight rub of fabric on fabric. A soft tap. Was it a goblet being set upon a table? A raven, you say? Her voice was melodic, with a breathy quality in it. She sounded just as one might expect a twenty-five-year-old woman to sound. That's odd. My insignia is the raven in flight. What tells you the raven of your vision signifies danger? Prophecy comes as it comes, your enlightened majesty. Till shows what he shows. The visions are not meant as warnings, but to remind us of his power when we see the prophecy is fulfilled. I see. Of course, that's the doctrine. But as the enlightened, you already knew of the raven, didn't you? Impertinent question, Sir Hargath. But I'll allow it. I do get so few interesting guests. I'll admit I've long been curious about you, whether you existed or not. The Hargath does not always exist. She let this comment go, which surprised him. He didn't fail to notice that she had not answered his question. She emanated a feeling of boredom now. He couldn't quite place what told him that. The smell, the change in the cadence of her breathing. She was damnably frustrating. She said, So, you have told me of the raven. Surely you could have sent a message. There is another matter your majesty will do. Your throat does sound dry. Would you like wine? No, majesty, thank you. There is another matter. Go on. Her voice was quite lovely. He thought she kept it soft for his benefit, or perhaps so the guards could not hear. There is a man of great wisdom who would be a valuable counselor to you here in the citadel. I have two Donesmasters spying on me already, Sir Hargath. Majesty, my position obliges me to object. The way of spare me your defenses, Sir. Who is this man? What are his qualities? He is Dun Marla. He is of a different stripe than other Donesmasters. Trained at the abbey, 
powerful in the Marcus, and quite skilled at turning up information others want kept secret. Why in the name of the triumvirate would I want such a man near me? She said, laughing softly. He sounds quite dangerous. The Hargath grimaced at her use of triumvirate, a reference to the three siblings as co-equal. The way of Till did not use that word ever. He let it go. Malo can be relied on to serve you loyally and with no question of betraying your confidences. That is a bold assertion, but I do not fear betrayal. It is foolish to fear that which is certain to occur. Perhaps it will not be Dunmalo who betrays me, but someone will. Someone always does. She was speaking of the history of assassination in the Citadel. As the fifth enlightened majesty, she knew well the fate of her predecessors. Murdered. Every single one. Before the Hargath could offer more assurances, she spoke, I will add your man to my advisory staff for a ten-day. If I am satisfied, he will be retained. If not, the divide is a long, lonely walk. The Hargath clamped his lips shut. He wanted to smile. He liked this woman, despite himself. He understood now why she had so successfully consolidated her power. Then I have nothing else to say. But I do. Majesty, I want to discuss the girl you hunt. I want to discuss Kyla Sai. The Hargath was accustomed to discomfort. His whole life was discomfort. But this was something new. He felt like father had caught him cutting up one of the chickens, the favorite pastime when he was young. A wave of guilt hit him, followed by rigid defiance. Who? he said. Surely you felt her upon the Marcusine, like a flare star in the winter sky. He felt a wash of air across his face as she stood. Her footsteps were slight scuffs, slippers upon a plush rug. Her voice came from behind him. The coin came to me just two days ago to discuss her. The coin. How that old biddy continued to breathe after all these years was a mystery. Talk about Paul's own luck. But then one did not become coin without enjoying a very long streak of eerie luck. Medallion toss after medallion toss going in your favor. I have felt the presence. He would admit nothing more. Did the coin ask your assistance in apprehending the girl? On the contrary, she asked me to leave her be. It seems the medallion spun several frowns in a row when asked whether the girl must be captured. Spinsters, superstitious hags, all of them. No better than the harlots of Ori in the Hargath's estimation. Are you not well? the enlightened asked, a true note of concern in her voice. The Hargath realized he'd been wheezing. Quite well, Majesty. I concur with the coin, though we have not discussed it. Has the voluptuary offered counsel on the topic? She has not. She had the girl in her charge for a while, but she let her go. I find that curious, don't you? He did indeed. What was that woman playing at? With a girl like Kyla Sai in her control, the voluptuary's influence might rival the highest of tills. 
It was not like the woman to relinquish such advantage. The girl has disappeared from the Mercosine, he said. Perhaps she has left Starside. That might be best. Yes, that might be. After what she did to the Thinnies, I think her quite dangerous. I'd rather she leave the city than fall into the wrong hands. Then we are in accord. Shall I call for servants to carry you out now? Please, your enlightened majesty, I do grow weary. The servants fetched him and took him from the palace. He sighed with relief once transferred to his own sedan chair. As exhausted as he was, he did not sleep on the ride back to the abbey. He sifted the mercasine for the slightest sniff of Kyla's sigh. Nothing.